And good morning to all of you. Welcome to the First Friday, hour dedicated to the Sacred Heart of Jesus here on St. Gabriel Catholic Radio. This is Father Stas Daly, joined live in the studios by Chuck and Joanne Wilson. Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> good morning, Chuck and Joanne. As we're joining our listeners here on this First Friday, hour dedicated to the Sacred Heart here at St. Gabriel Catholic Radio, what do we have looking ahead at us as we cover this hour and going into this month of November? Wow, we start with... All Saints, yes. and we go into All Souls, and then we go into the Congress. Right. It's, it's, ex- a, it's exciting this year to have the Congress in November, the first time we've ever hosted it in November. A lot to consider given the month, uh, dedicated to prayer and reparation. Uh, yesterday, as you highlight, we began with the Holy Day of Obligation dedicated to All Saints, a solemnity. We get to celebrate the reality <clears throat> of our saints in heaven, our brothers and sisters, not just those that we know by name, and that perhaps are our favorites, like St. Anthony, if we lose something, or St. Gerard, if we want another baby in the family, you know, but also all of the saints, especially those that we don't know by name, to celebrate their joy and their uh, fraternal affection for us, our brothers and sisters in heaven, as the prayers of the Mass say. And then today, on this first Friday, November 2nd, we also get to enter into a, a beautiful commemoration of all the faithful departed, all souls. Today's a, a beautiful day of prayer, especially for those who have lost their loved ones. The Lord has come to take them to himself, and we have a beautiful opportunity to pray for them. And it's fitting that on a day where we are called to pray, to pray for our loved ones who have passed forth from before our side, uh, that we come before the Sacred Heart of Jesus to pray for them. In God's holy providence, we have this uh, mixture of two beautiful opportunities, to come before Jesus' Sacred Heart on the first Friday in preparation for the reparation we're called to make to his Sacred Heart, while also keeping in mind and keeping close to our own hearts the memories of our grandparents, our parents, our loved ones who have died, to keep the family close, you know? You know, at uh, St. Andrews, they had the third graders dress in saints' costumes, and then the organist sang the beautiful litany of the saints and processed in, and there were many tears in that church. Church was packed because all the children were there as well. But it really brings to mind even in a visual way, and what a beautiful thing for children to have a costume of a saint. And they were so proud. I mean, they and they had studied. It wasn't just donning a costume. It was really connecting. And I, you know, just, We've already had trick-or-treat, but I just really invite parents to rethink costumes and rethink that opportunity during this time of year to really uh, enjoy the beauty of our liturgy and in our church and its various times that she gives us. And one of them is the All Saints and All Souls Days and, and, of course, First Friday. And the Sacred Heart of Jesus is truly at the heart of all of that. Keeping our Lord at the heart of all of it and admitting that we're heading into a new month here. Yeah. The weather's kind of yeah, shady out yeah. there, you know, and our minds get foggy. I forgot the morning prayer. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, so Father, <laughs> I was looking at you and I... I thought it was my voice. Uh, you know, I well, purposely got a deeper you know, voice for this for show today. <laughs> listening, we pray before we pray. So we you can never have too much pray. prayer, you know, so we we're going to go into our... for all of you. <laughs> we're going to go into our morning offering right now. Okay, Father. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Oh, Jesus, through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer you my prayers, works, joys, and sufferings of this day in union with the holy sacrifice of the Mass throughout the world. 
We offer them for all the intentions of your sacred heart, the salvation of souls, reparation for sin, and the reunion of all Christians. I offer them for the intentions of our bishops and of all apostles of prayer, and in particular for those recommended by our Holy Father this month. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Now, Father. see, our listeners here are the three of us. Yeah. But they don't often realize that there is this fourth silent voice in the room. <laughs> and actually, that's the Holy Spirit. And there's a fifth uh-huh. silent voice in the room, and that's Dave. Who's and we, what would the we computers. do without Dave? <laughs> He's the one that's living the We saying, couldn't do without prayer. Dave. <laughs> we couldn't <laughs> we do. the opening prayer. This is St. Gabriel Catholic Radio. <laughs> opening prayer. Well, you know, <laughs> I, I just have to say, it was like something was missing. And I think that's also another invitation for those of you listening. If you haven't said your morning offering, if you haven't said your morning prayers, you get that feeling. Something is missing. It's not right. And it's, you know, even more important than scrubbing your teeth. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's probably right up there. (laughs) Yeah. I think it's a both and, not an either or. (laughs) (laughs) But it shows how easily prayer can fall from the Uh schedule. And then, you know, the hour just falls flat on its face. Exactly. So we all need that prayer. <laughs> and if you have any questions today, any comments, call in on 614-459-4820. We're going to be talking uh, again about the Congress and the importance of the uh, enthronement of the Sacred Heart of Jesus in your home, businesses, schools, organization, and parishes. And you can go online to sacredheartcolumbus.org sacredheartcolumbus.org and uh, certainly uh, that will give you more information and it'll give you an opportunity to sign up. So Father, as we and enter... And you can still come that day if you haven't signed well, we up. we haven't talked about the Congress yet. Oh, well, we're, we will. <laughs> yes, we will. See, it's because we did the morning prayer late. <laughs> <laughs> Everything is running into yeah. itself. <laughs> oh my heavens. <laughs> so, so, so as we talk about the Congress coming up, Father, you know, it's going to be on the um, November 10th from 730 to 12. It's really a half-day retreat. Yeah, a week from tomorrow. A week from Mm. tomorrow. It's going to be at St. Michael in Worthington, and it's our seventh annual. And each one has been special, and this one, I believe, will continue to be a special Congress. Maybe the most special. Right. And, Father, for those listening... Who should attend this? Everyone. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's the simple answer to the good question. I mean, it's open to everyone, and everyone should attend because it's about the Lord's Sacred Heart. We have some great speakers from our local church here, and we're going to begin with Mass. Confessions are going to be offered. Adoration is going to be available. The Rosary is going to be prayed to open up the Congress. It's going to be prayed by the sisters there at St. Michael's, the Dominican Sisters of Mary, Mother of the Eucharist. And there's going to be something for everyone who wants to learn how to grow closer to the Lord. We're going to have two beautiful speakers, which I'm going to throw the ball back across the table. Chuck, who are those speakers? We're going to have, well, first of all, we're blessed to have Father again Absolutely. to lead us off. And we're going to change this year the format, and we're going with the Mass in the beginning. So it'll be 815 Mass. And I, I know, Father, you've uh, your talk is going to be a reflection on the heart of Jesus is a source of reform, hope, and conviction. Ooh, yeah, beautiful. I think if I set the bar really high, <laughs> I'll have to work harder and aim for it. That'll be great. Oh, that's gonna but you know, be given great. everything going on in the church and in yeah. the world, uh, we're all looking for that direction. We're trying to find that path mm-hmm. on how to stay focused on the Lord and how to 
uh, persevere and be victorious. And the heart of Christ is the answer. That's always the answer. And we need that reform and we need hope. Absolutely. And then we need that conviction that we're going to stay on the course that the Lord wants us to stay on. And then our speaker after the mass and the break will be the first one, Emily Jaminette. And oh, we talk, know her. Well, we do know her. <laughs> and uh, her talk's going to be living the life transformed by the sacred heart. And I think that's really, um, of all the talks, that's going to be one that relates to a lot of people. How can the sacred heart work for me in my family, in my life? Absolutely. And uh, she can uh, share her her journey with the sacred heart. And then... Uh, and with her husband and seven children. And with her husband and seven children. She's living it. She is. <laughs> and then we uh, have David Karam. Uh, and he's going to be talking about the history of the Sacred Heart Devotion. And I was with a person the other day, Father, and as much as she's listened to this program, she said, you know, I still don't get it. Sure, absolutely. Why, why should I enthrone <laughs> our home to the Sacred Heart. How, how would you answer that, Father? Well, if it's someone who already knows the Lord and loves the Lord, mm-hmm. my answer is because He wants to be with you in your home. Mm. And He wants to have a bond that is deep, a, mm. a bond that is wide, a bond that is unbreakable. Mm. And that bond is what we call a covenant. And the covenant mm. is not made by the Lord with us in this situation. The covenant is made by those who dwell in that home and with the Lord. So we have to invite him in. I mean, the Lord has done everything he possibly can to make himself present to us in this world, in this life, and in our heart. He's done everything. So now it's time for us to open the door of our heart and respond and to bring him into this world, into our lives, into our home, and into our hearts. So the enthronement of the Sacred Heart of Jesus in our homes is really our response to the availability God has made to us of his love and of his mercy. Now, people have said he's already in my home. Why do I have to do an official enthronement when, you know, he's there? I love him. I go to mass. I'm a faithful Catholic. What's the uh, what's the next step? Sure, and that's why that's why we call it the covenant. The covenant was blessed by uh, many many popes. Pius XII was the one who really made the covenant that the family makes with the Sacred Heart something that was undeniably clear and of essential importance for the success of the family. Uh, but it goes all the way back to Father Matteo. You know, Father Matteo, who is a beautiful priest, a missionary priest of the Sacred Hearts of Jesus and Mary, he saw that many people who were already faithful Catholics were under so many trials in this world. Their families were being broken apart because of the demands of the economy, um, because of social issues going on in the world at the time. And he understood that even though a family may believe in the Lord, and the Lord is present wherever two or three are gathered, the Lord says, I am there, you know, uh, the Lord is present with those, those Christian disciples that form that family in that home. When we make that extra effort of making a covenant with the Lord, and we actually enthrone the image of his sacred heart in a prominent place in the home, and we, we offer him that home, that home becomes his residence, his place of Are rest. Are there extra graces Bethany. then, Father? That's a very good question. You know, the church kind of affords this uh, availability whenever there's uh, a public acknowledgement of the social reign of Christ. We open ourselves up more to what the Lord is already showering down upon us because we're making that step to open wider the doors of our own hearts. So while I don't know we can say that there's special graces, I think we can say we open ourselves up more 
to the graces that God is already pouring out. What about upon those us. promises? Well, the promises are powerful. They're 12 in number, but they're really summaries of the broader conversation the Lord Jesus had with St. Margaret Mary. And it's undeniable. In one of those promises, it's absolutely clear. You know, I will bring peace to their families. I will bring peace to their families, now, peace to the en- homes. Is this an instant peace? <laughs> that would be so nice. <laughs> Joanne, do you want everything? Yes, yes, I do. <laughs> do you want everything now? I want it now. <laughs> well, I think these are I mean these are great questions, but I think, you know, the thing is the Lord's peace that he offers to his apostles and disciples and the Lord's peace that he offers to those who bring his sacred heart into their home and they make a covenant with him, that peace is not of this world. That peace is a comfort and a consolation of knowing that the divine presence is with us. It does not remove the cross. It does not remove tribulation. It doesn't remove conflict. It doesn't remove conversations and get heated. But what it does help us understand is in the midst of the cross, in the midst of the tribulation, in the midst of the confrontations, the conflict, the arguments, the conversation, in the midst of all of that, the Lord is there. And he makes himself known to us. And we are called to always be attentive to that presence. You know, in today's world, so many marriages are under attack. So many families are under attack. Why would we not want the sacred heart of Jesus in the center of those marriages and in the center of those families that are under attack so that those individuals know the Lord is here? You know, the Lord is here. One of our speakers of the Congress, Emily, she highlights how, what, when one of her children, you know, is being a child, you know, being human, she reminds them, this home, your life, our family belongs to the sacred heart. So I'm not the one that found this out. The Lord is the one who knew about it, and he brought it to my attention because he wants me as your mother to help bring you closer to him. And that's a beautiful example of how the Lord brings the hearts closer to him. And I think this is a nice segue for a lot of our families who have done the enthronement. We've highlighted mm-hmm. over the past you know, year plus that the Sacred Heart Enthronement is not a once and done. It's not you do the novena, you make the consecration, you do the uh, covenant, The enthronement is finished, and then all of a sudden you just move on. No, it's a new way of life as a faithful Catholic Christian. As you're coming down the stairs in the morning, or you're getting ready to leave the door and hit the road and get stuck in traffic, you know, it's an (laughs) opportunity to remember, Lord, I am yours, and you are mine. And this home, it belongs to you. And this is your Bethany, your place of rest. This is your Nazareth, where you live. And really, Thanksgiving is another great time to renew. of course. And uh, those prayers in the back of the manual that we bring, we bring everything necessary. Uh, Chuck, why don't you share what we do as a family? Well, I think as um, Father mentioned, uh, that it's not just exposing Jesus, it's also honoring. But to expose Jesus, we bring everything from a statue to images to manuals, everything you need. And what we try to stress with families is we just go into one room. This is not about a tour of your house. It's not about uh, you need to buy new carpeting. No, you know, or, it's not the parade of homes. No, it's no. not the parade of homes. I like that, Father. <laughs> we just come and we witness your enthronement. You enthrone your home to Jesus. We just bring the supplies and witness that Um as a disciple of Christ, as a missionary of Christ. And then at that point, Jesus takes over, and his Father has always mentioned to us, our role is to bring Jesus. Mm. And we do it two times. Uh, The first week, we call it week one, we'll do and help you with the preparation phase. And then the second week, we'll 
help you with the enthronement phase. Each one takes about an hour, and I think it's the most important hour uh, each week that you can do right now for your family if you haven't done it, because Jesus wants to enter into all families today, and all families need Jesus. And if you have questions, that's why we have an annual Congress. This is a time to come next weekend to St. Michael. It's going to be from 7.30 to 12. 7.30 is the rosary. It's a half-day retreat. Most people can't go for two days retreats. Right. This is a half-day retreat and probably one of the best retreats that you can go to for a half-day because you're going to be fed with all the sacraments of Mass and reconciliation, adoration, but you're also going to be fed through the talks, through fellowship, and then when you leave, it's going to be another renewal in your life. Yeah. There's so much to consider what's laying ahead over the next couple of weeks and couple of months. And like you highlight, you know, uh, one of the beautiful things for us Americans is the holiday of Thanksgiving. Yes. And it's a time for people to come together. Sometimes it's time for families to come, come together. Neighbors will come together. Well, with all of those people coming together, mm-hmm. it's not always going to be turkey and mashed potatoes. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes mm-hmm. it's some, you know, hurt feelings and broken or hearts. Or sweetness and apple pie. <laughs> so, you know, it's always, sometimes those broken hearts do show up and yeah. manifest themselves. And you know it's going to happen. So before the meal begins, they're there. Mm-hmm. Just invite everyone to just offer themselves to the sacred heart. And you have to call it out for what it is. Sometimes there is that awkwardness. The parents are like, oh, we are we really strong enough to face the eyeball roll of the mm-hmm. teenagers at the table? Well, who is in charge there? Who is in charge right there at the table? Is it the teenager who's going to be upset that they have to pray? God forbid. Is it going to be the mom and dad who are trying to keep the peace? No. Who's in charge? If it's not the Lord, what power is in charge there? So allow the Lord's glory, allow the Lord's grace to reign over the family gathering there. And also for registration, you can go on sacredheartcolumbus.org and you can register or you can register at the door. And it's $10 for an individual and $20 for immediate family. And uh, so it's the money is not an issue. And if that does not work for you, we offer scholarships. We, we believe this day once a year is the renewal of family life in a way to bring family life back to Jesus. And it's, uh, you know, we, we, whether it's sports, and I know Woody Hayes would practice running that football every day up the middle. This is sort of allowing us to, to take the Lord and recenter our homes after this Congress. So you're all invited. You can show up on the day of the Congress to register for the 10 or 20 hours, or you can register ahead on St on uh, sacredheartcolumbus.org. But my challenge to all of you is just come. Just be open to the Holy Spirit. It's a half day, and I know that when you leave, it will be you'll receive the blessings and the graces the Lord wants to give you. And I think, Father, with that, why is All Saints Day and All Souls Day part of the Sacred Heart? Well, I mean, the the truth of the matter is anyone in heaven, everyone in heaven Hmm. is a saint, and all of the saints in heaven are focused on the Lord. Hmm. They're focused on the Lord. And when they made this journey through life, 
uh, which they were victorious over. That's why they're in heaven. You know, they completely detached themselves from things of this world, the things that can so easily burden us and weigh us down. They pursued that union with God. They pursued that union with the heart of Christ, the heart of Christ that is the word spoken by the Father that we learn from the Gospel of John. They pursued that love that God has for us that was within God before even time began. They wanted that love. They wanted that love incarnate. They wanted that uh, satisfaction that can come about only from receiving the Lord Jesus in his heart in Holy Communion, adoring the Lord's heart, understanding the beauty of how he takes upon himself our humanity so as to help us join him in his divinity in heaven forever. So when we consider the saints, Mm. it's important to consider how each one of them responded to Mm. that covenant that the Lord offered. They responded by giving themselves in consecration to the Lord. And these are not just, you know, priests and bishops of 2,000 years ago. These aren't just cloistered sisters of 200 years ago. These are married people as well, single people, young and old, children, those who are married. I mean, all of the people in heaven are completely given over to the glory of the Lord Jesus. They're all focused on the divine heart that beats out of love for them. And they don't look back. They're not, more, they're not worried about the errands of the day. They're not worried about the unkept kitchen or the, you know, the, the bath and the mm-hmm. wash. I mean, the saints in heaven are people who are totally focused, totally given over to the Lord and his heart. And so as we enter into the month of November on this first Friday, dedicated to the Sacred Heart of Jesus, it's a powerful opportunity for us to ask for the intercession of the saints in heaven for ourselves. You know, today is not only First Friday, it's also All Souls Day. And to ask the saints in heaven for their prayers so that we can be more like them. You know, a lot of people say, well, I can't relate to the saints. Well, why? Is it perfection? Because the saints were not perfect. Their holiness is perfect, but they themselves were not perfect people. But they are holy people. They are with the Lord in heaven. And in heaven, any imperfection has been wiped away. You know, so they've attained that union with God. But when they were on earth like you and I are, no, they were not perfect. You know, they were striving for holiness. They exuded holiness, many of them. And there's so many wonderful, even new books being written. Oh, all the time. That you yeah. really feel, uh, you know, because times past, I think we had almost like holy cards or a few paragraphs in a book on the life of a saint. And yeah. you really didn't. You you got the holiness part. Right. But you didn't get the humanness. Approachability. Exactly. Yeah. But now, you know, we do have so many more opportunities to really, really have that embrace of flesh and blood, yeah. of challenge that they overcame. Similar ones that we're having today. And I, I really, again, want to just stress for children. I'm amazed at children today, how they're so knowledgeable about Pokemon, about <laughs> yeah, video game characters. I mean... Or how to turn on a cell phone. You know, Harry Potter. I mean, intricate. And that they are capable. They are capable of knowing the truth and being excited about these heroes, these real heroes who have lived before and who are praying for them now. I, I'm really, um, I'm really encouraged by some of the children who are turned on by the saints. It's true. Real. Yeah. You know, in the confessional, a lot of times people bring up, it's like, I struggle with anger. Or I have a bad <laughs> temper. Mm. And it's like, you need to spend some time praying with St. Jerome. Ah. And I'm like, well, why? I said, well, he wasn't exactly a pleasant man to get along with. I didn't know that. Kind and of they, grumpy, They just kind huh? of like pause. And they're like, <laughs> I was like, yeah, there's a reason why he was a hermit. 
You know, it's not just because he wanted to get away from us. It's because we didn't necessarily want him around. You know, so Is I mean, that he, right, Father? Oh yeah, really? Yeah, yeah. No excuse, Jack. Don't listen. <laughs> oh wow. Okay. Happy morning to you too. <laughs> We have a new patron saint now, Saint Jerome, for those of us who are quick to fly off the temper. There we go. But, you know, it's good to know that there are saints in heaven who carried those same burdens that we have now. You know, and it's such a, such a beautiful thing. And how often do we run into someone who's like, you know, Father, I have a loved one. Or, you know, Joanne, I have a loved one who just is really struggling and they've fallen away. And I have done everything mm. I can possibly do. St. Monica. It's mm. like St. Monica prayed her whole life for her son to return to the faith, her, for her husband to come back to the faith. You know, and St. Monica fought the good fight praying, living as a mother for her children to come back. And so there's no, there's no path in this life that any of us are living or leading that there isn't a saint who already had to walk that path. And that has to be a consolation to us that we can turn to that saint. And Very like you said, so. today, there's so many beautifully written books which help us to kind of grasp the fullness of their lives and to see how they reached out for the Lord Jesus, how they clung for his sacred heart, how they feasted upon the Holy Eucharist, and they allowed that to be their sustenance and to be then for us an example of how to do the same. And it all goes back to the sacred heart. It all goes back to the Lord. Again, you're listening to the Sacred Heart Hour on St. Gabriel Radio, AM 820. Um, You can call in for an enthronement. Sign up on 614-459-4820, or if you have a question, uh, certainly call in and we will respond back to you. And again, this radio station is being is a gift to be able to bring to you on good on the first Friday of every month, the Sacred Heart Hour, to bring you closer to Jesus. One question I have for you, Father, why does All Souls Day... Uh, become a day of obligation, and All Saints Day, All Souls Day is not. Why is All Saints Day a day of obligation, and why is All Souls Day not? Sure. Well, I think it comes back to that reality that the Church wants us to stay focused on heaven. Ah. Heaven is our goal. You know, let's mm. let's not just live in the here and now, this mm. present moment, but let's live for eternity. Mm. And so it's like heaven is the goal. And so the Church, as our mother, wants us to stay focused on what is the goal. Our goal is heaven. In the beautiful prayers of the Holy Mass yesterday, how many times was the phrase brothers and sisters said over mm. and over and mm. over again in referring to the saints, our brothers and sisters in heaven? So it's like the church places upon us that holy opportunity, that holy obligation to remind ourselves heaven is the goal and union mm. with our brothers and sisters in heaven is the goal. In our conversation earlier, we were highlighting how, you know, what is heaven for us? And I reminded uh, I was remembered of the conversation in the last interview between Pope Emeritus, Benedict XVI, and his interviewer. And he said, what do you look forward to the most in death, mm. in heaven? And Benedict said, you who could say anything about everything, you know, he said, I just want to be with my mother and my father and my sister. Mm. You know, Benedict has this understanding. is like, heaven is the goal. My family is there because they were believers. They repented of their sins. They were forgiven. They feasted on the Lord in the Holy Eucharist. They're in heaven with the Lord. I want to be with them. Heaven is the goal. Purgatory is not the goal. Don't aim for purgatory. But be mindful that purgatory is an experience of God's mercy. And pray for the souls there. They are our brothers and sisters to pray for them. And the whole month is dedicated to remembering heaven is the goal. And we have a holy task 
a privileged burden, an opportunity, an obligation to pray for our brothers and sisters who are not with us, but who are not yet in the in heaven. They're not yet at the goal. So our job is, our privileged opportunity is to pray for them to get there. Now, is there are there special indulgences on this day? Absolutely. To attend one of the Holy Masses, every priest is allowed to offer three Masses today on all mm-hmm. souls. And to visit a cemetery and to pray for the faithful departed. And actually, the Church attaches special graces to any prayer offered through the month of November for a faithful disciple who will visit a cemetery and pray for the souls of the faithful departed. Visiting a cemetery. Absolutely, yeah. You know, and it really shows that a Catholic way of life is a healthy way of life. Mm. You know, look at how sick and twisted this world's become. You know, we all dress up like dead people now walking around like zombies (laughs) in TV shows. They're creepy. They're just weird, you know? And it's like, and then you go to the Catholic church and we're like, no, we pray for them. We love them. They are our brothers and sisters. We visit cemeteries during the daytime, you know, Ah. and we pray for the souls. They are our brothers and sisters. You know, who wants to come back and live this again? You know, if I ran into a zombie on the street, it's like, dude, you missed your boat. You're weird. Okay. You need to move. Aim for heaven. Don't aim for this place again. You know, why do you think Jesus shed tears when he had to bring Lazarus back from the dead? It wasn't because he died. It was because he didn't want to live this again. He wanted him to stay with the Lord. You know, you have shared that. That has given me a whole new insight on the Mm. tears of Jesus. I, that is really a beautiful, the Lord would never want us to live this life again. No, he wants us to come to him. Get this show over, you know? I mean, not this show. Well, it'll eventually come to an end. But Some I mean, like a bigger show. <laughs> so, <laughs> the general manager just waved at us. So, no, so, <laughs> so, you know, no, it's to stay focused on heaven and to understand that we're all here to help each other get to that goal. And All Souls Day is today. But in truth, it should be every day to remember to pray for the souls of the faithful departed. You know, and so many of us have that beautiful prayer we say at the end of Grace Before Meals. Or at the end of the grace after meals. the souls of the faithful departed. Through the mercy of God, rest in peace. Amen. A beautiful prayer to say so easily. Say it while you're passing a cemetery. You know, say it after your your prayers in the morning. And to ask the souls for their prayers. That is Because they can pray for us. Oh, absolutely. But just not themselves. Right. They can no longer pray for themselves, but they can pray for us. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's something... That's a little uh, fruit, a little treasure. We're going to go into more deeper in the next segment. Ooh. So we'll bring this to a close. O most holy heart of Jesus, fountain of every blessing, we adore you, we love you, and with a lively sorrow for our sins, we offer you these poor hearts of ours. Make us humble, patient, pure, and wholly obedient to your will. Grant, good Jesus, that we may live in you and for you. Protect us in the midst of danger. Comfort us in our afflictions. Give us health of body, assistance in our temporal needs, your blessings in all that we do, and the grace of a holy death. Amen. 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 Hi, everybody. I'm Douglas Sells. Join us Friday nights for high school football coverage on AM820. We kick it off at 6 when Ryan Baker and I visit with Central Ohio's players and coaches on the Catholic High School Football Preview Show. Then join me, Randy Reinhardt, and Larry Wolf at 7 from Bishop Hartley High School for the CCL Game of the Week. Brought to you by the Bob Boyd Auto family. The Hartley Hawks of Coach Brad Birchfield battle the Bulldogs of Athens in Division Three Regional Quarterfinal Action. Lend us an ear, or two. That's Athens and Hartley, Friday night at 7. And after the game, be sure to join myself, Ryan Baker, and Lee Cochran for scores from all over Central Ohio with the AM820 Scoreboard Show, presented by ThisWeekSports.com and Rev Local Digital Marketing. 
That's the preview show at 6 o'clock, the Catholic High School Game of the Week at 7, and the AM820 Scoreboard Show after the game, Friday nights on AM820. Protecting your digital life. Zag Invisible Shield at Polaris Fashion Place Mall. 614-846-2134. That's 614-846-2134. Transform your space with grace. Grace Transformations. From commercial remodeling to residential renovation, remodeling, and construction, we work with you to bring your ideas to life. No project is too big or too small. Catholic-owned and operated, Grace Transformations offers exceptional quality at reasonable prices that fit every design and budget. So when you want to transform your space, do it with Grace. Grace Transformations. Get started at gracetransformations.com. Pro-Life Health Plan provides alternatives to traditional health insurance and Obamacare initiatives. Our plans cater to self-employed individuals and the faith-based community allowing them to receive coverages which align with their beliefs. Enrollment available year-round. Start saving with the Pro-Life Health Plan by going to iCellHealth.com. That's iCellHealth.com. Teresa Kenny at Keller Williams Realty says the client's needs always come first. Buying or selling a house is more than just a transaction. It's a life-changing experience. Teresa Kenny. Good morning and welcome back to St. Gabriel Catholic Radio to the Sacred Heart Hour on this first Friday of the month of November. This is Father Stosh Daly coming to you live with Chuck and Joanne Wilson. Hello, morning, Father. And as we enter into the second segment of the Sacred Heart Hour on the first Friday of the month, we're going to open with a prayer given to us by St. Gertrude the Great. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Hail, O sacred heart of Jesus, living and quickening source of eternal life, infinite treasure of the divinity, and burning furnace of divine love. You are our refuge and our sanctuary. O my amiable Savior, consume our hearts with that burning fire with which yours is ever inflamed. Pour down on our souls those graces which flow from your love, and let our hearts be so united with yours that our wills may be one, and mine and all things may be conformed to yours. May your divine will be equally the standard and rule of all our desires and of all our actions. Amen. 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 This prayer is perfect because St. Gertrude not only received apparitions of our Lord and uh, received you know, information about his sacred heart long before St. Margaret Mary, I mean, St. Margaret Mary was in the 1670s, but St. Gertrude was from 1256 to 1302. So, you know, a good few centuries earlier. But St. Gertrude the Great is the one who authored that beautiful prayer to release souls from purgatory. Mm. You know, given that prayer by the Lord himself. And uh, we were, you know, revisiting in this uh, first Friday hour on the month of November, the connection between our devotion to the Sacred Heart of Christ, our dependency upon his mercy and his love, his forgiveness, and also the opportunity to celebrate our unity with our brothers and sisters in heaven, the saints. But also our holy duty to pray for our brothers and sisters who are in purgatory. You know, unfortunately, there's this terrible thought out there that 
somehow Vatican II did away with purgatory. Mm. I, I don't. It, it did not. You know, purgatory is a gift from God. The Second Vatican Council. Or you Council, go to a funeral and they put everyone in heaven. Right. Yeah, and we forget that holy experience that is uh-huh. God's mercy of allowing ourselves to be mm-hmm. detached, to be detached from sin. And we were talking, and Chuck brought up this very good question from the Gospels. Mm-hmm. You know, Chuck, do you have those words of our Lord from the Gospel? From the gospel, yes. I was looking at also what Benedict, but um, the words in regards to the gospel of John, for the gospel of John, and this is, um, we're talking about the question here. Sure. Yeah. For this is the will of my Father, that everyone who sees the Son and believes in him may have eternal life, and I shall raise him on the last day. And I think my question again, Father, is, well, that's good news because I'm in then. <laughs> yes, yes. I'm in. Exactly. I believe exactly. in Not I'm in. so fast. <laughs> you, have, you have that promise. You have that offer of eternal life. And keep in mind, the souls in purgatory, they have eternal life. But they're going through that period of purification, of detachment from anything in this life, so as to enter into the glory of the Lord in heaven. And that's uniting their wills to the will of the Father. So they have, they've seen the Son. You know, they've seen the glory, they've tasted the glory, but this experience of purgatory is purgation or purification, and that's where our prayers are so powerful for them. In death, you know, once we experience the gift of death, there's no more choices to be made on our part. You know, mm-hmm. once we die, it's not like we can say, well, I'd like the tuna rather than the chicken. No, there's no <laughs> options. There's no choices. In death, you know, the Lord reveals to us in that what we call the initial judgment in death, you know. He reveals to us our life. And by our life, Hmm. we have chosen where we are going to go. But for those who have chosen heaven by their choices now, in the here and now, if they're not in a perfect state, where do they go? I mean, if you only have heaven for the perfect, and you have hell for those who, well, are not, you know, well, think of all of the people who have believed in the Lord, but they're still attached to something in this life. They still carry the imperfections of this life. You know, they hunger for holiness. They want to be holy. Well, what happens to them? And that's where we see the reality of purgatory as being a gift or an expression of God's mercy. They're experiencing that eternal life. But in that first few uh, moments or first few steps of eternal life, they're being purified. They're being cleansed. And this isn't something that the Catholic Church made up. A lot of people who sometimes stumble about in confusion. Yeah, where did it come from, Father? Where did this come from? And we go into the Old Testament, the reality that our Jewish ancestors had a very, very lively sense of praying for the dead. Well, why would one pray for the dead? If mm-hmm. someone dies and automatically goes to heaven, they're not in need of prayer. And likewise, if someone dies and automatically goes to hell, prayer won't help them. So why would there be this mm-hmm. incredible orientation towards praying for the dead, if not an acknowledgement that there are those who die who are in need of prayers? They are not uh, worthy of condemnation. It's not like they are deserving of being condemned for eternity. But maybe they are not yet ready for the glory of heaven. They're aiming for and, it. They're on their it way. It makes perfect sense. You know, for those of it, and it's, it's such a healthy way to live life, to understand, once again, perfection in this life, not possible. Holiness, definitely. Holiness is real. And we have that trust and that confidence in God's mercy. It does not mean, though, however, we take his mercy for granted. 
and say, well, I'm just going to clean up this boat in purgatory. No, we got to <laughs> clean it up now, you know? Well, I'm going to scrub that later. Nope, scrub it now. Don't wait, you know? Now, Father, when my parents passed away in their will, they left money to be donated for prayers for their soul. Oh, that was very common. Yeah. And that that's a beautiful uh, testimony and statement by someone who is alive. It's like, mm-hmm. please have this money offered for the purification of my soul. That, they were admitting, I'm not perfect. Now, my father was German. He wanted to maximize. <laughs> <laughs> very, efficient. Said, very efficient. I want to find out what is this stipend. I want to make sure. <laughs> sure. And, and if I don't need it, It'll go to another poor soul. Sure, exactly. And that's the beauty of God's grace and the economy of salvation. We offer our prayers for the souls in purgatory, but if the soul we're praying for doesn't need it, the Lord accepts that sacrifice Mm -hmm. of prayer and shares those graces with those who need it. And, you know, for those of you who are listening right now, I just want to challenge and encourage you. When is the last time you had a Mass offered for a loved one who died? You know, and if you're not praying for them, who is? Now, we know the Mass is being offered Every hour of the day throughout the whole world, See, and souls are benefiting think from so that. They're so booked up, Father, that there's no room. Some parishes are, but you know, oftentimes the priests and the missions are desperate for intentions. Really? You know, so the, I mean, every priest can have an intention for a mass, mm-hmm. and if there's no intention offered, then the priest obviously has enough to pray for. But many of our parishes do have openings for masses. You know, some of the larger ones, maybe in the suburbs, it might be difficult to get one scheduled. But we have a lot of churches in the inner city where they may be very open to receive intentions for Masses. And well, at the end of the day, what does it matter? What's a normal offering? If someone has never done this before, do they go into the office, the parish sure. office? Great question, yeah. How, how does this happen? So in our diocese, we have, in the Diocese of Columbus, we have the practice of a stipend, which is a part, it's a part of our sacrifice in having the Mass offered. We offer a stipend for the Mass. It's our um, kind of like... Instead of paying with flesh, we make a sacrificial offering to have the Mass offered for the repose of the soul of my grandmother or the repose of the soul of my grandpa or you know, the uh, purification of the souls in purgatory. And you go to the parish office and ask them, you know, I would like to have a Mass offered for a particular intention. And uh, you know, maybe you can aim for the birthday of the loved one or the anniversary of their death. Now, does it have to be someone who has passed away? When you have a mass offer for someone who's still alive, mm-hmm. I, I give counsel to people that say, just have the intention listed as for the sanctification of so-and-so. Ah. You know, let's say we all have somebody in our life who's maybe struggling with a battle of illness, or they're, going, they're fighting cancer, or maybe it's a married couple, and they're preparing for their anniversary. And you just want to say, well, I would like to have a mass offered for this couple who are celebrating their 50th wedding anniversary. We'll just have the intention in gratitude for 50 years of marriage, of so-and-so and so-and-so. And And the Lord accepts that offering of the Holy Mass and just showers graces upon them, you know? And uh, But especially for those who have died. You know, we can have Masses offered for those who are alive. But guess what? When we attend the Mass ourselves, we can offer up our participation in the Mass for that person. You know, a lot of times Mm -hmm. in um, confession, I'll encourage people, for your penance, offer up the graces of your next Holy Communion for this particular person that you sinned against. Or mm. for your mom, who you haven't been in touch with in a long time. Oh, I think I just judged myself on that one. Uh, <laughs> yikes. So, public manifestation of conscience right there. Forget what you just heard. You know? <laughs> Sorry, mom. Uh, so, you know, you offer those graces up. And that just shows an attentiveness to live outside of yourself for the other, for the Lord. This is so helpful, Father. And also, um, 
Next weekend, we have Father the Sacred Heart Congress. Yes. A week tomorrow. At St. Uh-huh. Michael from 7.30 to 12. So it's a half-day retreat, $10, $20 for the family, $10 for the individual. There are scholarships. We start with the rosary with the Dominican Sisters of Mary Mother of the Eucharist. Uh, Mass is going to be actually at 8.15, and Father will be the Mass celebrant and also the homily. And then we'll have Emily Jaminette as a guest speaker. And Emily has a program, Mother's Moments, on St. Gabriel Radio. Every day. Every day. And uh, and then David Karam. And, um, Two great local oh, Catholics. Yeah. Great speakers. And, and they're, they're just their uh, themes of their talks are really going to be ones which I think fits into what this is about. It's about a time for prayer because the Adoration Chapel will be open, confessions. It's about a time there for sacraments and so forth. But it's a time for catechesis. Absolutely. And fellowship. Yeah. Don't fellowship. Forget fellowship. And community. Well, be a part of the family, yeah. you know, be a part of the family. <laughs> Even snacks and coffee. <laughs> snacks and coffee and fellowship. What else do you need? But I think his David's talk is going to be on the history of the Sacred Heart Devotion. And a lot of people say, why should I do this? Where? What is the history behind? And Emily's talk is going to be on living the life transformed by the Sacred Heart. And I think families need to hear that because Families need hope today, and families need peace today. And it's the sacred heart that brings the hope and peace. And that's one of the promises. And that is one of the promises. And then, Father, you're going to be talking on the heart of Jesus is a source of reform, hope, and conviction. Oh, that's going to be a good one, Father. (laughs) No pressure, right? No pressure. (laughs) I, I think we are truly blessed this time to have all the talks relation, re- related to the Sacred Heart. And Father, as people are getting ready for this Congress, uh, or people are considering the Congress, your answer to who should attend is everyone? Absolutely. Everyone. Whether you've had your house and throne? Or not. Or not. Whether you know a lot about the Sacred Heart or this is the first time what you're hearing about, about children, it. What about children, Father? What do you think about you children? You know, I always, parents ask that a lot of times. I always leave it up to them. I said, you mm-hmm. know, if your child is of an age to where they'll be able to listen and gain something from it or participate in the Mass and be blessed by it, then bring them. You know, if uh, your child is there and you want them to draw closer, you know, bring them. Uh, you know, I always leave that up to the parents. I mean, that's, it, that's good. Yeah, I think it's important to have the family there. But um, because we're going into these talks from presenters and speakers, I mean, Emily's going to be speaking about basically giving a witness talk of the glory of the Sacred Heart in in her own life and her family through the enthronement. And the same for Dave Karam. He's going to be giving a witness Mm -hmm. as to the significance of the Sacred Heart in his life. Both of them have done the enthronement. So sometimes, especially if you've got children who are teenagers who are kind of like, why? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Why are we doing this? I'd much rather sleep on a Saturday morning. Well, there's an opportunity for them to grow in knowledge and love of the Lord and to plant those seeds or to water the seeds that were planted earlier. You know, I, I do know that in the hearts and minds of so many who are listening right now, there is an eagerness for everything that the Lord offers. But there's also an equal hesitation to take that step, to do the enthronement. And to you, I, I just beg you, I plead with you to survive this present moment Bring the Sacred Heart of Jesus into your home. 
first step. Just bring the image of our Lord's Sacred Heart into the home. Ask the Lord to bless you and your loved ones. Whether you have a family or whether you're single, it doesn't matter. Ask the Lord to bless your dwelling. And ask for the graces to take that step to make the covenant, to do the enthronement. We're and all in different places along the, the journey. the businesses and the schools, Father. Oh, for sure. Yeah, we've had a long string of schools, Catholic grade schools and high schools. Wonderful. Making the Sacred Heart of Jesus at the center of their school family. And we have a good number of businesses who have done the same. And we have different aids or manuals that help the respective entity, whether it's a school, a business, a home, a dwelling, an apartment, a house, for one or for many. You know, we have everything that is very flexible to use, regardless of the environment. And our sole purpose here with this radio program is to help more souls come to the Sacred Heart of Jesus and to bring the Sacred Heart of Jesus to more souls. That's what it's about. You know, Father, back in the 80s, and as some of the people know, I'm a convert. So we, we, had, a, we had a blessed priest that became a good friend of the family, Father Joe Losh, and he said that, would you be open to enthrone your house to the Sacred Heart of Jesus? Mm. Being a convert, I didn't go into, well, I want to know the history, yeah. I want this. I'm thinking, whatever's going to help us, I know. Father, yeah. I'm open. I'm open. It's so the, true. It, I, I didn't go through the whole thought process right. of why are we going to do this? We just did it. When's the perfect time to yeah. do yeah. this? Yeah. Uh, uh, Johnny can't be home this weekend. Just do it. No matter who's in the house, the family is still yeah. part of that enthronement, whether they're there or not. And I think there has to be an urgency today to this. And Absolutely. just let the Holy Spirit work and just... Trust in Jesus on this one. Right. Trust in Jesus, because he said to St. Margaret Mary, I want every home to have my sacred heart exposed and honored. Mm-hmm. He didn't say, well, I want to have a radio station and you'll get the 12 promises or a men's conference. You'll get the 12 promises. Right. He just said, it's my sacred heart. Yeah. Everything is really so simple. Hmm. The the effort to become holy is simple. You know, while you're talking, I have the image in my mind. It's like you're in the tumultuous waves of a very, very turbulent sea. You know, man overboard. Someone's fallen off the boat. And they're in these horrible waves, you know, and they're worried about drowning. And the person on the edge of the boat says, I'm going to throw you a life raft. And the guy in the ocean is like, well, how do you inflate that? Is the rope long enough? How do I grab for it? You know, are you going to reach me? It's like, well, do you want it or not? <laughs> it's like, you just throw Great it over. Image, you, know, you, start, you grasp for anything that's going to help you survive. Yeah. And we have families and we have individuals out there today who are in that tumultuous ocean, that rough sea right now. I think we're all in it. To a, oh, all of us are. I do think. And so it's like, what are you going to cling to? And the Lord is throwing himself to us. And a lot of times the questions, which are oftentimes very practical, but it's like, well, why don't we ask the questions as we're doing it? You know, once we've held on to the Lord, once we've brought the Lord into our home. And a lot of times it's fear. You know, it's fear that keeps us from being saved by the Lord. And a lot of times it's anxiety. It's like, well, but I'm not totally sure. It's like, you're never going to be totally sure of everything in this life. Cling and to Father, Jesus. I've heard you say before, if you're in a situation where there is real opposition, Mm. And maybe a spouse or there is no way this is going to happen at this time. Exactly. Then you have heard you say, bring a picture, bring Mm -hmm. a holy card, bring, bring an image of our Lord into your home and start asking him for the grace Mm -hmm. to open that door even wider. 
Absolutely. Just baby steps. Baby steps. If all you can take is a baby step, then take the baby step. If you but can if take you a can leap, take, take a leap. leap. Exactly. You know, and like keeping in mind, uh, the Lord has given us a family, and this family is the mm-hmm. church, and he wants to be at the center of that family. And when we go home, we have entered into the domestic church, and the domestic church is under incredible assault right now, incredible divisions, and technology can be a great aid and tool in helping make the Lord known, but technology can also be an incredible weapon against the sanctity of the family. So how do we make sure that something like technology is helping us grow in holiness versus taking away holiness? By making sure the Lord is at the center of the home. You know, another barrier, Father, uh, that's been people bring up is, I don't feel I'm worthy. Mm. And what I try to tell them is every family is messy today. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Tell, oh, my gosh. The only family I know sure. that's not messy is the Holy Family. Yeah, what? and they're in heaven. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Exactly. The one that's so, not telling the truth. So <laughs> whatever is change, going change, on, change. whatever is yeah. going on in that family, Very true. you need Jesus. Don't worry about being worthy enough. He wants to come in. Well, it's like Bartimaeus from last Sunday in the reading. Mm. I mean, he was on the side, crouched down, sitting down, blind. You know, and he was like, Jesus, son of David, have pity on me. You know, he could have very easily said, well, I'm not worthy for the time and attention of Jesus mm. who's walking by, who mm. everyone's talking about the miracles mm. he's throwing out over here. I'm not worthy of that. He didn't let that get in the way. Mm. You know, so I, I've got some parishioners who say, well, we're, we just don't feel like we're worthy for that. Mm. It's like, who is worthy for it? We're all destined for it. That's what we were created for, union with God. So on one hand, don't allow pride to lead you to think that you're not worthy of it. That's an act of pride. No, Jesus wants to dwell in your home with you. Now, I, did I read that Sister Lucy, uh, that from Fatima, the mm-hmm. Blessed Mother said the final battle would be in marriage and family, family. life? Correct, yeah. yeah. And so boy, here we are. We're seeing it today. Yeah. And again, the Congress is next Saturday. For you listening, <laughs> personal invite, just come. Exactly. Don't don't even think about, well, I got this or that. Just come. It's a half day. Yeah. And we would love to hear you say if you come the day of and someone says, well, how did you know about it? How did you come here? Chuck Wilson. He personally invited me a week and a day ago. Well, when, when did you meet him? Well, I've never actually met him, but he personally invited me over there. But he he's throwing it you. out. He's throwing it out, you know? So it's there. And uh, once again, you know, please know that the Sacred Heart Congress is not something for a select few. It's not for the elite of the Catholic community. It's for all of the community. It's for those who want to draw closer to the Lord Jesus Christ. And if you're worried about, well, is there enough room? St. Michael's Church is a beautiful church. It can seat many, many, many people. No worries. Plenty of room. And again, fathers, we talk about the 12 promises right at the end and so forth. I just go back to that promise number nine. I will bless the homes in which the image of my sacred heart shall be exposed and honor. That is directly from Jesus. Exactly, yeah. You know, I think of your uh, expression sometime back in the days when they had to put the blood over the lentils. Oh, yes, yeah. You know, from the angel of death. Right, so they would pass over, yeah. yeah. And I'm thinking, how many today would not even, would write that off? Right. And that's what this is about. I believe it's just as important today to enthrone as it was back then to yeah. put the blood on your lintel of your home. Right. I mean, and when the Hebrews in Egypt had to put the blood over the, you know, over the doorway, they were making a public statement that they belonged to the Most High God. And that public statement was a statement that they knew 
could bring upon them retribution from the powers of Egypt. But they still made that bold statement because they were confident and they were convicted that the Most High God is the one true God. And he's not one among many. He is the one true God. Jesus Christ, the Son of the Most High, and the Son of David, Son of God, Son of Man, Jesus who is the Christ, the Messiah, he has asked us to bring him into our homes. And we have to wonder, you know, what is prompting us to not allow him to enter? What is pulling us away from being convicted and confident that he is the Messiah, the Christ, and he wants to dwell with us? And if you're struggling with that concern of not being worthy, where is that coming from? Who is whispering in your ear saying, Hmm. you're not worthy of him? Not the Lord. It's not the Lord, because he has said, I want to be with you. I want to be one with you. I want to be in your home. I will bless your home. I will bring peace to your families. You know, the Lord has said everything he needs to say. We have to start calling out who is speaking the other side and which side am I going to go with? You know, we are here on this radio program, gratefully brought to you by St. Gabriel Catholic Radio, you know, oh, to make the Sacred Heart known. St. Gabriel you know, Catholic Radio. We want radio. you to know the voice of the Lord needs to conquer. Yes. The voice of the Lord needs to be victorious, and he needs to dwell. He wants to dwell within your home and within your heart. And we are called by the Lord in the generosity of his grace to make that covenant with him, to be one with him, so as to survive. And we are also be called to be mindful of our family that is the church. And as we go through the month of November, to be so grateful for the example and the prayers of our brothers and sisters in heaven, the saints, and to be mindful of the needs of our brothers and sisters in purgatory. And if we can instruct our little ones how to pray for the souls in purgatory now, how to pray to the sacred heart of Jesus for the souls in purgatory now, what we're doing is we're instructing them how to pray for us when we are in need of those same prayers. So... Everyone's about pay it forward, pay it forward. You're waiting in line for a coffee and you pay for the guy behind you, you know, the car behind you, pay it forward. Well, pay it forward with regard to the grace, Hmm. the mercy, the trust in Jesus. Instruct your little ones. Most sacred heart of Jesus, have mercy on us. Such a beautiful, simple, powerful prayer. Most sacred heart of Jesus, have mercy on us. Well, and just being with you, Father, and listening and reflecting it's so beautiful for Chuck and I. We get energized, and that's what the Congress is all about. It's a time to get energized, to get refocused. It's a time to be refreshed and renewed in our love for the Sacred Heart and to possibly receive that invitation from our Lord for the first time or to renew it again and again. It Come never away. gets old. Come away and rest with the rest of us who are trying to focus on and the again, Lord. Uh, you can't rest, Father. You've got to prepare that homily. <laughs> so for, <Yeah. laughs> for a missionary to come to your house, we're not there to counsel. We're not there to do anything but to bring Jesus. That's he can what do this, it all. That's what this enthronement's about. So true. Well, this hour dedicated to the Sacred Heart on the first Friday always goes so fast. It does. Terribly fast. We're going to bring it to a close with our covenant renewal prayer. Dear Sacred Heart of Jesus, we renew our pledge of love and loyalty to you. Keep us always close to your loving heart and to the most immaculate heart of your mother. May we love one another more each day, forgiving each other's faults as you forgive us our sins. Teach us to see you and the members of our family and those we meet outside the home, loving them as you love them, especially the poor and oppressed, that we may be instrumental in bringing about justice and peace. Amen. Amen. WVSG Columbus, Ohio. 
This is the home for listener-supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio, AM 820.